0: this is bottom of the bill what's going on guys and welcome to another edition of bottom of the bill i am back i just got back from los angeles a couple of days ago getting back into the swing of things i had a great time out there uh every time i go there it's just awesome there's so many great people fantastic musicians uh seemingly something happening all over the place all the time every night of the week it's a little Overwhelming honestly, but I really enjoyed my time. there. Uh, excited to go back at some point soon uh, Just to kind of reconnect to uh, hit some really cool jams a place called tiny room jam which is like a recording studio that they turn like the space into a jam session every Monday and Wednesday and It's really cool like neo soul kind of vibe and uh, So it was cool. I got to play with them Uh which last time I went, I did not get a chance to play at all. So it was cool to be able to get to do that this time. And uh, yeah, everyone was super supportive and a really cool community out there. And I checked out some other places too. I had to link up with some friends, shout out to Jake Biller, uh, Jose, all those guys uh, kind of filling me in on what's going on and where to go and really helped out a lot. So it was a lot of fun. It was a great trip, stoked about it. But I'm even more stoked to be back, to get back into the swing of things here. Um, this week's episode, we have Jared Cowan, who actually plays guitar in a band called Baked Shrimp from Long Island. And we are playing a show with them next Tuesday, November 14th at Jackrabbits. Uh, Jared's a really cool dude. Um, uh, I love what these guys are doing. They multi-track all of their shows. They put them up. Uh, as well and they you know like on uh, online for people to check out so and uh put them on spotify and so they're always like putting out new shit all the time which is super cool um and then uh the the band is phenomenal i mean really cool like funky jammy kind of vibes uh they're releasing a bunch of new music i think they have something coming out early next year so keep a look out for that uh this jackrabbit show is part of a bigger run they're doing through the southeast and i think they're hitting multiple places in Florida. Um, So check out their website and see. So if you're not in Jacksonville, if you're in South Florida or the the West Coast, you can check them out. I think they're hitting a few places out there, too. So I'm going to put the link in the description for the Jackrabbit show. So get your tickets while you still can. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've got some great people playing with me. Uh, Brandon Howell on drums, Aaron Thorla on keys, Kevin Ramos on bass we got a really dope set list worked out for you guys. It's gonna be so much fun. Uh, definitely challenging for me. Some new stuff I've not been able to explore before. So I'm stoked for it. I hope you are too. Um, and yeah, so get your tickets and uh, enjoy the episode guys. Thanks again, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff, let people know what we're doing here at Bottom of the Bill, trying to get the word out about the Jacksonville music scene and all the people that come through and support what we do. Uh, so yeah, enjoy guys, peace. This is Bottom of the Bill. All right, Jared, we're going to try this again. (laughs) Sorry, bro. We've been having some uh, weird issues with the internet here, so hopefully we can uh, make this happen. So, um, for those who don't know, uh, we are playing a show with Jared's band, Big Shrimp, on November fourteenth at Jack Rabbit. So we're stoked to be able to get you on the podcast and talk a little bit about uh, what you guys have been up to and and about this show. So, um, why don't you give us a little bit of background uh, on on just who you are as a person and a musician, Jared?
1: Sure. Yeah. So first, thanks for having me. Um, very excited to be playing with you all at uh jack rabbits jacksonville florida's gonna be our oh, first yeah. time in Jacksonville. it's actually gonna be our first um run down to florida uh jacksonville jacksonville is actually the first show so that that show will be our first florida show so uh thanks for being part of that experience with us um oh yeah man. and uh, yeah uh so uh i started playing music when i was four years old um Born and raised in Long Island, New York. Uh, I got signed up for guitar lessons by my parents at a super young age. Um, I'm 25 now, so I've been playing for 21 years. Uh, Got brought to a lot, a lot of concerts when I was younger. So kind of a lot in a lot of the jam scenes. So I kind of was born into this scene Um, and uh, studied jazz throughout high school. Went to college in SUNY Oneonta. Um, graduated two thousand and nineteen um, and big trim started in two thousand and seventeen. Um, so we really started hitting it hard though, kind of like right after I graduated like two thousand and nineteen. then we went through the pandemic and um, came out of the pandemic and got back to touring. and um yeah, we're we're hitting it pretty hard now with the uh, hundred over hundred shows last year and' on a, on pace for another hundred shows again this year. so. Hell yeah, um, yeah, it's been a it's been a f- fun fun ride.
0: Well, congrats on that, man. Uh, you guys, I saw that you're on your fourth studio album right now, or about to release your fourth studio album.
1: Yep, we just announced this week or this past week that uh, we're releasing our new album, uh, which our fourth studio album, uh, January twelfth, twenty twenty
0: four. Yeah, awesome. And you guys, you guys consider yourself. To be like in the jam band circuit, like that's kind of like the like the the vein that you consider yourself to be in?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean that's at least how you know we uh get billed, you know, at um, you know, a lot of we do a lot of jam festivals and uh play with many jam bands. So I would say uh, I would say definitely to the to the public eye, we are we are in the jam circuit.
0: So how do you guys uh as far as like the recording process for you, because I know that there's a lot of different schools of thought to this, um, a lot of jam bands like to kind of go in and capture that live feel in the studio. Um, is that kind of how you guys approach it, or are you more, you know, track? You know, we're going to track this part out, track this part out, and then we're going to do punch ins. And like, what's the process for you guys like?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. So, uh, this album was very different than the other ones. We wanted to do a different approach, kind of based around what you kind of just said, was uh, the other three, uh, the first three albums, were all um, the latter part of what you said. So, kind of just doing scratch tracks, punching, um, you know, editing takes together and stuff like that. Um, Whereas this album, we wanted to record Live and then go and overdub guitar solos and um, things like that. So and and vocals. Um, so uh, we went into uh, a totally different approach. So the other ones we like we recorded with friends in like uh, like makeshift garages, cause it's, like studios, and garages and stuff like that. Whereas this one we actually like went into a like a barn essentially, um, in the middle of the woods in upstate New York with a beautiful like, state-of-the-art studio with, um, and a producer there. Um, Sean Boyd at a Art Farm Recording Studios in Accord. Um, so we went there for about a week in February. We didn't play... Other than one show we did, opening for the Disco Biscuits in January, we didn't play until... March this 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 year we took like 3 months off. And so in February we, we went to the studio for a full week um and uh just tracked all live takes of multiple live takes of all these songs, you know, and basically we were getting drum takes and bass takes all in one shot. And then we used some of the guitar stuff, but for the most part I did a lot of overdubbing afterwards. Um so a lot of yeah. So the new album is um, the the roots of it will have a live sort of feel, which we like um, because we consider ourselves more of a live band than a studio band. Um, but the um, then you know then we go and put production on over that so to make it really give it a nice polished studio sound.
0: And was that your first time working with a producer in the studio, like like having a, another set of ears on it? Or uh, have you guys kind of brought yeah. in an
1: outside? For the most part. I mean, the other ones we did were they were also uh, who we worked with was also uh, had like that producer knowledge, but um, not as like um, do this, don't do this. You know what I mean? Um, so this was the first time in a studio where, yeah, we were experimenting with different ways to sing and different, uh, arrangements to the songs and, um, things like that. So, um, it was definitely a good experience to get for all three of us.
0: And how does that affect the dynamic when you're in the studio? Because... It can be one thing when you're working uh, with the band and you have an engineer there, obviously, um, who's kind of, you know, a good engineer. A lot of the times I feel like you either like don't notice them at all, or they're like, you know, they end up being like a producer. Um, What has that kind of shifted dynamic for you guys working as a three piece um, and having done it one way for three albums and now you're you're still a three-piece, but now you're bringing in this third party to kind of come in and help, you know, with arrangement ideas, or maybe you're singing it this way, and needs to be singing this way, or whatever, you know what I mean? Is that, like, shift the dynamic at all between you guys?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, when we went in for this, we actually re- kind of requested that the, there's, like, a, like, that the producer is very hands-on. Um, so, again, so... This was almost like a bizarro baked shrimp album in the sense that we haven't we been because we used to not do it do it live and kinda like we were the producers. Um now right. so this time we did a live and track with the producer and then also when we sent it out for mixing, um that's another producer too. So and A lot of the production stuff you'll hear will be coming more from uh, Corey Hayward, the second producer that we brought into this. So, um, and we really said have at it because it was all tracked at this point. And so now, you know, I I put pointers where, you know, where I might want some certain production stuff. But um, I really put it in their hands and said, I'll I'll listen to it after, (laughs) you know. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean – it, it it's it's a. Uh, I like the route that we went with it this time, um, you know, uh, cause you can't always when it's your own songwriting and you know if you only have what what you hear, you know it's gonna be um, it's really like just your vision, you know, whereas you bring multiple sets of ears on it. You get multiple different opinions. It's more likely that you'll find you'll get something that's going to click with uh, with your audience. So,
0: yeah. Well, I, I feel like what it also does, kind of to your well to your point, is that when you're in the studio and you're working, um, you know, without uh without a producer, I think what can happen is you get so lost in the material and um, it's hard. You lose a perspective of what the song actually sounds like. Uh, Or where it's going and you kind of and just there are certain things you stop thinking about or paying attention to And I think having somebody who's not so attached to the music um, In there as a third party can really help Keep the perspective and also bring fresh ideas that you Having brought the song to life might not be thinking about, you know, which is important because A lot of the times I think there is a disconnect between uh, musicians and just like the avid, uh, you know, like like appreciator of music, right? It's like we don't always, like we might think something is amazing or we might think that it needs to be this kind of way. When in actuality, it's like we might be thinking too much about it or maybe... It's it's something that's not really palatable for the average listener, you know. So having that third party, I think, just keeps everybody in check and also keeps perspective. I think.
1: Right. Yeah, and the producer uh, that we worked with also, so the producer that we tracked with and worked with really um, wasn't doesn't really know too much about the jam scene, mm, you know, and it's, like and jam bands and stuff. He's more of um, you know. But produce pop stuff, or um, did a lot of um, stuff with like bagpipe bands, like and, like okay. Irish bands. and stuff. Interesting. So, uh,
0: was that a conscious uh, choice on on your guys's part to bring in somebody that's not really from the same yeah. world to maybe get a different understanding or, or just more of that perspective thing?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was definitely um, an influence for sure. I, I rather than just you know grabbing someone that would have a similar, very similar kind of you know, we wanted someone that would have a total different outside opinion. Um and then and then Corey, who we were working with now, is more into in the jam side of things. So, you know, he so it's like we have a little bit of both going on with with it. Um you know, it, it helps to have that diversity, um, throughout the whole record.
0: Totally, totally, man. I think, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm out of line on this, but I think that, uh, uh, you know, at a certain point you get to like a crossroads in your career, especially in the jam band world where it's like, okay, we can keep down the same path and, you know, we can, we can play, you know, we can keep like getting higher, like build higher on these festivals. Um, or we can try and, you know, like take this other path where, you know, make music that might be more marketable and, and, you know uh ultimately set yourself up so there's more streams of revenue than just like gigging right it's it's hard to to be a a band and in the jam band world it's like a lot of that a lot of the income is coming in from you know gigs and you know merch sales and stuff but i mean it really depends on on like a high high volume touring schedule you know
1: yeah yeah no absolutely i mean you know that is Pretty, like, you know, totally accurate, you know, so I, we do a lot, a lot of touring, um, and, uh, always, you know, keeping merchandise updated and all that stuff, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, the studio, um, we like some aspects of it, you know, and then we don't like other aspects of it, um, but, uh, you know, it's definitely, uh, it's been a while since, since we put out an album, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, Regardless of you know, <laughs> regardless of a charting or whatever or playlisting, uh, which we were actually we were happy to see that. Um, well, we've been releasing singles on it, kind of. Uh, we released Chop Suey of it uh, back in uh, June, I believe, and uh, it was cool to see that did make a Spotify curated playlist, which was awesome. Oh,
0: so nice, you man. know, so
1: regardless of it. You know, regardless of, um, playlisting and charting and things like that. You know, it's it. it, People want to hear the studio material, you know, and have these songs, um, officially, out there on these platforms and stuff. So, you know, um, we keep with it and and uh, try and get albums out routinely. Yeah,
0: man. That's all. That's what it's all about. It's consistently producing content and feeding the machine and you know all that all that fun stuff um yeah i'm curious tons of,
1: tons of live stuff like we we put every soundboard we try i would say we're like probably get like 99 of the shows we play every now and then there's one that's gets away from us because of setup or something malfunctioning but every just about every show we play um we end up posting to the soundboard to uh Band camp and then we also have a live album out on Spotify the prono tapes which is um uh recordings from I think summer 21 um but I think part of this new campaign push for the album I think we might be putting out another prono tapes so that's oh, exciting yeah. you know you're giving out you're giving, a uh, you know more live content to spotify and and Apple Music and that stuff, which is you know what we do. You know we're a live band, so it, it's 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 uh, it's good to to keep putting out the live stuff there as well.
0: Now, are you guys when you're when you say that you're getting the mix from the board? Are you guys doing like like multi-tracking every show, or are you just taking yeah. like a stereo mix?
1: Yeah, multi-track.
0: Okay, and then you have an engineer mix it down for you, or you're throwing it out there the way that it comes out.
1: I, I do the mixing on it. Um, oh, I do a rough mix, you know, I mean, I'm not like, you know, I'm not, I'm not an engineer by any means, um, but he, I can get levels right and drum, reverbs and, and whatnot and compression and things like that. So I, I can get it sounding good, you know, or maybe I don't, <laughs> who knows. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm what, so <laughs> what, uh, um, are
0: you, are you doing this like after shows or are you, are you backlogging this stuff and kind of revisiting it like a month later and just like releasing everything no, at once? It, like what's the I,
1: process? I try to get them up as soon as possible. So I mean like right now I'm, I'm, I'm considering, I'm considering myself behind because uh, I had, we played three shows this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's already Tuesday and I haven't gotten around to it yet. So I'm like, Oh man, this is like the longest it's ever gone. Um, really? But uh, yeah, usually if we play a show on a Friday um, like, and we got to drive on Saturday, the whole time we're driving or part of the time we're driving, I'm importing the stems, mixing it down, getting it saved onto my computer. So when me check into the hotel and I get Wi-Fi. I just upload it right to Bandcamp. So it could be, depending on what, what the schedule is. Process, that a process, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: you're an animal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so uh but yeah no I, I, live stuff's important you know I, when I, any band plays a live show you know uh, there's always people that go oh I, when are you gonna get it up you know i've got to listen to the to this jam or this version or or a new song or something like that so um i know i know how important it is to to fans to to get that recording right away All right, guys, this episode is brought
0: to you by Best Buds CBD Store. If you're like me, maybe THC isn't always the right high for you. Or maybe the legal status of THC has you a bit hesitant to indulge. So at Best Buds CBD Store, they have an array of CBD and Delta 8 THC products, These guys truly care about their service, so everything is meticulously sourced and prepared to deliver a top-notch product and experience. If you head to their website, you'll find all kinds of educational information regarding Delta THC and CBD. Uh, Not to mention, if you use promo code BOTBPOD, that's B-O-T-B-POD, you'll save 10% on your order. This is not a one-time deal. If you use promo code BOTBPOD, Every time you place an order with Best Buds, it will give you 10% off. That's in perpetuity, forever. So head over to bestbudscbdstore.com and start saving on all of your CBD and Delta A products. Enjoy, guys. So you were saying that uh, when you uh, when you put out the live stuff, it's like people are wanting to uh, you know they, they want to they want to know when that show is going to be available and stuff. So you're just like pumping yeah. up the, the content constantly. Yeah,
1: basically just yeah. I I know the importance of. Uh, of how the urgency of getting recordings up, you know, so I try to do it as, as, as fast as I can.
0: That's quite a work ethic, man. Do you guys, um, I would imagine that you're probably, uh, not raging so hard on the road, right? Uh, not, not a lot of like late night partying kind of stuff, uh, or
1: varies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We know we've seen what our limits can be. I mean, I think we all, yeah. we're all pretty aware of them, um, so uh you know we still we still like to consider ourselves young <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I mean def- um, definitely <laughs> yeah we have fun from you know, but we know kind of when and where time and place yeah,
0: that's a good distinction to make. Um, there was an interview with uh did you ever listen to the to like the 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 podcast that Krasno used to have, Kras plus one?
1: Um, I know of it. I haven't uh listened. I am not really much of a podcast listener. I don't really listen okay. to, it, but I should, I should change that.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's probably better to listen to music. I've been <laughs> honestly, but uh, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, there's a uh, so Krasno used to have a podcast, and he was talking to I forget who it was, but um, just uh, he wasn't calling out names specifically, but he talks about a lot of people in the jam scene and. Uh, and the partying element to it. And, you know, his whole thing was like, you know, I can, I can get down when it's like the appropriate situation, but it's like, we're in, you know, God knows where on a Tuesday night and you're out here like, like it's four o'clock in the morning. Like, it's all good. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. there's like just, a, I think just the, the sentiment there being like, there's a time and a place, uh, especially when you're young and you can recover from things quickly. Um, but, uh, it's certainly got to be on a, it's got to be a judgment call because it can, you start doing it all the time and it becomes a real problem. Like there's no way that you'd be able to get everything done that you guys are trying to get done. If you were out there every night, just living your best life, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It definitely, you know, affects also, you don't want, you don't want it to affect the music too, because that's ultimately, you know, that's the most important thing. So yeah, you totally, know. man. You try to keep it in check.
0: Totally, man, and it's all. And you know, uh, there was another interview that I listened to with uh, with Corey Wong where he talks about it too, and he's like, you know, the n- people, the people that buy tickets to come see you play don't deserve a shitty show because you wanted to have a fun night. You know, it's like, yeah. um, you know, so like just staying sharp and making sure you're on as much as possible, anyways, because you know we all have off nights. But like, I thought that was an interesting. Point two, and i don't know if you get this you know with my band none of us when we were traveling and stuff none of us were like really big on partying um you know we always try to call like relatively early nights and uh you know unless it was you know again we kind of used a judgment call but it, it kind of varied um and we we'd catch flack from a lot of the uh supporters um of just the jam scene in general about how we'd never hung out after shows or we weren't like, you know, partying and stuff like that. And it always just, I always felt like, I mean, I can understand why people would want that element from the bands that they go to support. But also, you know, if you want to keep seeing things that we're doing, then we kind of have to, we can't get down with everybody in the same kind of way because we still like, this is our job. This isn't like, this isn't um, an escape from our reality. You know, it is our reality.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it's absolutely, yeah. No. Uh, um. I would hope that people wouldn't, you know, hold it against us if we uh, didn't stay up till 6 in the morning with them every night, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, it's d- definitely just it's moderation, you know, figuring out kind of, you know, what works, what doesn't work.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I'm curious. Uh you said you're in Long Island. Um, how far are you guys from the city?
1: Uh about like fifteen miles, but that could be like an hour and a half most days.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so, did did training. you guys kind of like get your start? playing around long island or were you guys hitting the city and trying to get into that scene what's kind of been the trajectory of of you know how you've gotten to where you're at now
1: oh yeah um new york city is a tough scene uh we didn't really play it too much getting started we did a few shows but not too much um we just announced today very cool. It's actually why I was glad we pushed a little bit because I had a bunch of stuff I had to take care of for it. We announced today that our album release show is going to be in New York City at the Cutting Room. So that's oh, yeah. uh, exciting for us. That's uh, our biggest headlining show we've ever had. So um, we're stoked. We're stoked for that. Um, yeah, man. Congratulations. But, uh, thank you, man. Um, but yeah, so New York City, not too frequently uh, getting started. Um, Long Island, yes, we did a residency, um, 2018, which helped us out a bunch. Um, and then we've done, we've done a a good number here on Long Island. I mean, probably a lot less than what your average grassroots band would do in their home, in their, like, home spot. Um... But, you know, uh, we definitely is did that kind of on
0: purpose? That. Did you guys, uh, like, not want to play too much locally, kind of keep the demand there, or were you guys just off rip just trying to get out and hit the road?
1: Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, um, Long Island is, like, you know, it has jam supporters, um, but, like, the main scene here really is, like, a lot of pop punk and, like, um, a lot of tribute bands. So yeah. <laughs> not really either of those. <laughs> so yeah, it seems to be the um, trend
0: everywhere right now.
1: We scooped up, you know, the people that want to go out and see, a, see an original jam show here, you know, and they come and support us when we're here. Um, but uh, we said, let's test some other markets. And, you know, we found markets we do really well in and, and decided to, uh, you know, tour a lot. And so we could get back to those markets as frequently as we can. Um, and so there's plenty that we actually happen to do better than we do at home. So, um, you know, um, that's kind of how that all well, came together like that with the, with a lot of the touring.
0: What do you, uh, where do you think you guys perform better in as far as like attendance and just reception goes?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's um, a lot of different ones and a lot of unique ones, Um, but I mean, just simply like, just like kind of going upstate New York, we have a lot of family and uh, shrimp supporters up there, Um, so like Albany area, um, Syracuse area, Ithaca area, uh, Buffalo, um, and uh, then kind of, if we're going out of state, there's some... Cool, unique ones like Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Greensboro, mm-hmm. North Carolina, uh, Asheville, North Carolina, um, Richmond, Virginia. So uh, yeah, um, and then over in New Haven, Connecticut, we do really well. Bridgeport, Connecticut. That's um, yeah, about sums it up. I would say there's, I mean, there's plenty of plenty of great ones, I mean, we did a lot of first times this past. Uh, summer tour we just got off like a 50 show summer tour and we did um a mile music festival over in wisconsin in appleton and uh i was looking at our spotify um kind of stats where they show you where your listeners are coming in from and like yeah. after that festival like, they were like appleton wisconsin was like dominating our listeners <laughs> so really? uh, i went Went and booked us a show in back in Appleton, and we're going back in November. So that's exciting to see maybe a little Wisconsin market pop up um, because we hadn't been in Wisconsin before this past summer. Um, and, yeah, uh, we did Minneapolis for the first time, had a great time there. Uh, we did Iowa for the first time. Uh, we did St. Louis for the first time. Um, and now on the fall tour which just got started this past weekend. We're doing first times in Florida. So we're doing three different. We're doing Jacksonville, St. Petersburg, and Boca. Um, And then we're doing...
0: Where are you guys playing in St. Pete?
1: That is at Cage Brewing.
0: Okay, and how about Boca? Crazy Uncle Mike's. Oh, hell yeah. Are you guys playing with another local band there, or are you just doing... uh, just like a, like a as
1: of now I believe we're doing an evening with. Um that could change. Um, but as far as my knowledge goes, uh, I believe we're we're doing just uh two sets of baked shrimp.
0: Cool. That's but, a fun uh, room, man. I love Crazy Uncle Mike's. I've played there a few times. Yeah, I've
1: heard I heard good things. And uh, another one that we're doing for the first time too, which we're super stoked about, is uh New Orleans. So Oh hell yeah, where are you guys playing there? Uh bon temps roleu. Le bon
0: temps rue. Ro- ro- Le, Le bon we played there a few times also, I, fucking,
1: re- I knew I was yeah. going to totally buy it. I yeah.
0: How is it? How do you pronounce it? Le bon temps rue. I believe it's how Le you say. Bon
1: temps rue.
0: Okay. Yeah, let the let it's I think it means let the good times roll.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. So maybe I'll just yeah. call it that. <laughs> the
2: yeah. Good times roll. <laughs> We still love our yeah. Yankee friends. It's all good. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew I, uh, I'm like working I'm it before we get down there. Um, I've
0: played that venue but, a few times, man. That that place is so much fun, man. They usually set you up in like the back bar, um, and it gets it gets rowdy as shit. I love it. It was so much fun when we played there. Yeah,
1: we're stoked. It looks like we're playing late too. It looks like the show starts super late. Uh, oh, midnight probably. Uh, yeah it's a Saturday night
0: yeah yeah hell yeah man I love I I love New Orleans man I've played there you know pretty decent amount over the years and it's it's just it's it's rare to find a city that appreciates music as much as they do there it's wild
1: yeah no I've never been just in general in my life so it's gonna be my first time down there uh Jagger went down there our drummer as a like a kid, um, maybe he was like 10 or something, 11, and he like fell in love with it. Um, And so he's super stoked to go back as well. And it's gonna be Scott's first time there, I believe also. So, you know, um, anytime we have, we get something like that, like where it's like, you know, it becomes, there's like a second cool thing about touring is, you know, getting to see a spot that we've never been. so, you know, we we have, we actually have two days off after the New Orleans show. So oh, we're yes. off on the Sunday and the Monday. So we can hang out, eat a lot of food, you know, let's go see see some sights. And uh, we, we're, you know, super stoked.
0: Um, are you guys playing with another band that night or is it just you guys again?
1: Yeah, that one, that one's definitely, I think, just uh, Baked Shrimp.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Um, and whereabouts um, in uh, in Asheville? Are you, guys, are you guys hitting Asheville this on this run, or was that? Previous? Yeah, we're going were you back.
1: A, yep. yep, We where always are you guys try to. There? to uh, one stop. That's oh uh, nice below the. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a. Call, we, yeah. we did that room. I think last fall. I think in December we did that room as well. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love One stop. Yeah, man, totally. Yeah. I love it there. We we start. We played one-stop a bunch, uh, a few years ago. And then we, uh, shout out to our, our friends, Andrew Scotchy and the River Rats, uh, out of Asheville. Um, we just had Keith, their bass player on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And, uh, we've been working with those guys for like six years. Um, and then I think it was January of 2020. (laughs) We, um, uh, Andrew, uh, invited us to play his birthday party at the music hall and uh so that was and then it was like an almost sold out show at the at the Asheville Music Hall and he was generous mm-hmm. enough to bring us up there for that cuz we had only played the one stop and maybe a couple breweries there we didn't really have a big following so he was just doing us a favor and helping us out really and um man what a what a night that was and then we ended up like booking this huge southeast tour um for that summer and then obviously we all know how that played out so <laughs> um but uh i love Asheville, man it's always been a great town uh for music
1: yeah yeah no it's it's also that's up there in like terms of like favorite just cities in general like regardless of you know music and and, and whatnot um my one of my totally one of my favorite cities to visit um you know they have really cool like, kind of like hookah, and beer type lounges. You know where you kind of just like yeah. hang out, drink and smoke hookah and you know there might be yeah, like a jazz I mean, band playing or something, you know, so they have a lot of a lot of cool things like that. We always find something to do. Hiking trails is tons of. Um,
0: oh my God! Yeah, know. I mean you can you can stay busy with so much cool stuff in Asheville for. As long as you want, man. It's an awesome place. Have you guys ever thought about, like, um, relocating to a place that's more suitable for your music? I mean, it's so expensive to live in New York. I would imagine that you guys, in some of the other markets that you do well in, could probably uh, manage things easier. I was just curious.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, like, being in conversation before. Like, oh, what if we moved here or there, you know? Um, Never put to, I guess, uh, put into motion... Um, um, yeah, I mean you know we're we're a Long Island band, so I yeah. don't think uh, at least nothing if we relocated wouldn't be anything too far. You know, it would probably still be New York. Um, yeah,
0: there is kind of like like a, like this, I guess. What's the word? Status, I guess, that comes with like New York attached to. It. Even though it's like Long Island, it's still like. You know it's still within the vicinity, so there is a thing that happens where're like yeah, well, we're banned from New York, and like I mean how many amazing bands have broken out of New York in the last you know fifty years? It's literally like i would <laughs> at least half of the 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 most successful bands in the world have come out of New York in the last fifty years you know
1: yeah it we do it it is funny because we do like this thing on the road where wherever we're traveling to. Like like once we get to that city, we try to like play the on the speaker in the car like the musicians who were born or were from that city. You know what I mean? Like if we're like playing yeah. Detroit, you know we'll put on like a Motown playlist. You know, um, so Hell Yeah. It, it is. I mean, I guess that I guess when we play in New York City, I guess we don't even think of that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> I can.
0: Yeah, totally totally um but yeah it's it's uh it's interesting that uh that perspective and i'm always you guys like played brooklyn bowl or anything like that
1: yeah yeah we've done the bowl i think three or four times now we just we did just uh, a few months ago
0: Neighbor, I, i saw i was there back in february and i and talk was playing at the brooklyn bowl and i went to that show it was my first time ever going there and um I'd seen Talk a few times, but I'd never been to the Bowl before. And it was like a really cool experience. And I was very surprised to see the turnout for a band like Talk because I feel like jam bands, you know, like most genres, it kind of ebbs and flows and there's like peaks and valleys to to what comes out of these scenes. And it seems like jam bands, you know, from like, uh, I don't know, early like, like 2010s, maybe a little bit before that through like 2017, 2018 were like on fire. And now it kind of feels like there's been a dip and like different genres are kind of, are, are pop- popping back up again. But it was refreshing to see like a city like New York that has so much so many different variables happening on the ground that it's still, there's still such a big turnout for a show like that. And, and like the people that were there were like young and And, you know, it was a diverse crowd, and it was, like, packed, and people were, like, you know, it was was very different than what you see in other places, I feel like, you know?
1: Yeah, no, the the bowl is uh, definitely a vibe. Um, Always have had good shows there. Um, Always a pretty full room. Um, Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, we're in Brooklyn, too, so there's always just, like, casual nightlife that might just be coming out to, you know, they're, like, could be just... Brooklyn Bowl regulars it's such a great venue you know right so, right um,
0: sorry did we lose you man or oh, sorry no, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm here. <laughs> okay cool yeah sorry about that um okay. So, uh, what's the, uh, the dynamic like when you guys are, are, are writing, are you guys writing together? Are you bringing the songs to the table? How's the, uh, the dynamic work there?
1: Yeah. So, um, for the most part, we don't write together. Um, uh, usually someone has a song and we bring it in. Um, sometimes, you know, I mean, we, we contribute though, you know, like, um, uh Jaggers a bunch of Jaggers first batch of tunes um were just kind of like lyrics with a melody um but he you know he's not great with like melodic instruments so you know he would have to like hum it out and like me and Scott would sit there and kind of put the chord progressions together recently though he's he's been he's been uh, like putting demos together like in garage band and and bringing them in so they're kind of more um focused. Um but uh prior to that though, um so he would come in with like kind of a melody and Hummit and me and Scott would would put chord progressions together and and um help the structure and stuff like that. So there's definitely a few tunes um that have been like more focused group efforts. Um but uh for the most part um I would say just about all my writing was things I just brought in with I I you know come in with a the with a chord chart and kind of an idea for for what the rhythms gonna be like and and um, sometimes you know we're just I would you know put a put a sheet down and we just kind of play it you know or I'll have a recording and Scott um Scotts kind of similar he'll have he'll just you know he'll bring the song in he, sometimes he needs yeah yes for you know advice on uh, on a certain sections and things like that um so you know there it it varies like, but it is never really like a full- on songwriting process. It's kind of more like contributions and and uh you know making a song a little more fleshed out uh right. where I know a lot of groups I know do. That, like, sit in a room and, and, and really songwrite. So we're not exactly, you know, like that.
0: Yeah. Do, do you... Is that, like, a conscious effort or just kind of works itself out that way?
1: Kind of works itself out that way. Um, I mean... Um, I mean it, it depends. I mean, sometimes... I mean, there has been. It's not like there. it's non-existent. Like, there's been times where we've been, like, just jamming... At practice and like, I like almost I like even stop the jam and be like, oh, this sounds kind of cool, you know. And then we'll we'll write a song based around that. So it's not like it's non-existent. Um, There's probably a few tunes I can I can think of that have been like that, um, but I mean, I if I'm a lot of times I've, I'll my practice sessions by myself turn into songwriting sessions that happens all the time with me so um a lot of times you know i'll write a song at home and then bring it to practice you know so um and a lot of our practice sessions are spent you know getting material ready so um right you know there's just really not too much dedicated time put aside to to like actual songwriting stuff as a band but uh it happens it definitely it definitely happens occasionally
0: yeah, I'm curious about that because you guys are on the road so much and um you know about that, that that time about working out songs and stuff because when you're when you are on the road and then you have like bigger shows coming up, especially festival sets where you're like wanting to put together a set list and then you gotta rehearse like you know, the kind of the flow of the show at least to an extent. Um how I mean, when you guys are meeting to rehearse how much of it is like working on those sets and how much of it is saying, well, we know this material, you know, we're just going to jam it live and however it goes, it goes, we're going to focus our rehearsals on learning new material. Like how, how much of it is like one or the other?
1: Yeah. So if we're gearing up for something big, like a peach festival, um, like we, make sure we have a focused rehearsal on that material um even if it's songs that we've played a lot on the tour you know and like feel comfortable on if it's something like peach festival you know we want to make sure we're totally totally locked in on that material so we'll so we'll run it you know um but um yeah i'll write the set list for uh give and run of shows at the beginning of the week. Um, so like next week we have a a Friday, Saturday run. I'll write those set on Monday so everybody can get to practice it on their own throughout the week. But, um, you know, sometimes I'll throw material in there in the set list that we haven't played in a long time. You know, like it could be like a song that we haven't played in like a hundred shows, you know? So we gotta get together and, you know, work on that song. Sometimes we'll run it at sound check Um, Or in a hotel room, (laughs) that happens often too. Um, But, uh, yeah, so a lot of it is focused on running material. Um, But it also depends on how long the practice is. Sometimes, like, we have a tough time constraint, you know. People have busy schedules on their own life, you know. So we know we can only practice for like two and a half hours, three hours. So, and we have... Five songs in the setlist coming up that we haven't played in a long time, so we have to Work on those songs, you know, and and uh, make sure that material is good to go Um, Whereas other times maybe it's like a weekend that we're not playing Which is rare, but it happens and we'll get together for practice and we'll have a whole day, you know, we will start at 11 in the morning and we'll play until 11 at night you know we'll play 12 hours you know so now we can work on new material Uh, we can work on rare material i mean we can work on some uh, improvisational exercises and um uh things like that you know just or just yeah dig up some old tunes that like hey this would be fun to try and bring out again or has anybody been writing that they want to bring anything, you know? So those practices are great. They, um, when that, when we get the chance to be able to do stuff like that.
0: Yeah, man, I can imagine. I mean, do you guys, how do you break up those 12 hour days? It must be like, I mean, are you guys, you guys must take breaks and like, do, do you, yeah. Um, yeah. do you, um, cause something I've thought about too is like taking long rehearsals like that and then kind of making it like more, than just like a a band. I mean, obviously you rehearse um and then like making it like a like a team building thing, right? Like you can do like, you know, get food, just hang out and like do things that kind of build the camaraderie beyond the music and then get back to the music. Is there any of that kind of stuff happening? Or are you guys just like twelve yeah. hours, let's get it.
1: Yeah, no, uh plenty. You know, during the pandemic we kinda we couldn't tour or play so we did a lot of practicing um and we would have like back-to-back days of that you know and like stay over and like um you know hang out after practice watch a movie you know um plenty of that um so it, it's great when we you know are able to do things like that and not have to feel rushed to get a to make sure that, like a, a cellist is is ready to go for for uh like an upcoming show um yeah we always like to hang out you know that's always uh that's always a special thing when that gets to happen
0: yeah man totally or do you are you guys working day jobs at all uh to keep it moving or uh you've been able to just kind of make the whole thing yeah. full time
1: yeah scott's scott's still working in a market he's he's worked in the in the market since uh H-Trump's, I think, been going, and he's uh, he's still he's still doing it at 4 side hustle, and uh, I uh, I do solos uh, solo gigs, and also um, uh, teach. I'm also a music instructor. Okay, cool. And Jagger also occasionally will um, teach, so
0: gotcha. Yeah, so that's got to yeah. be difficult trying to figure out the time that everybody can do it. Cause if you're not gigging or teaching, then somebody else is going to be at work or whatever it might be. It's just like yeah, fitting no, in where you can.
1: Yeah. We, we, we you know, it's not like we, I'm ever like last second, like, Hey, can you guys practice tomorrow? That's never like, it's more like, uh, I ask what everyone's schedule is at the beginning of the week. And we have an app we use that like just kind of like just shows the, calendar for the upcoming week or the upcoming month or the tour so um you know everybody just kind of opens their app and sees oh practice is on wednesday or practice on thursday you know things like that so gotcha um, it's gotcha. convenient yeah
0: yeah man well i'm uh, excited to um check out more what you guys are doing and very excited to play with you man I, uh, I i checked out some of the videos um when you first reached out to me and you sound like a great guitar player, and I'm excited to be able to you know just get to work with you guys It's gonna be very cool thank
1: hey, you man yeah no we're, we're stoked um you know we love we we like when uh we're able to link up the bands on the road you know it's always uh it's always fun to see what you know everyone else is doing you know it's because uh, you know you get lost in your own bubble for uh for a hundred shows a year a hundred days a year. And then you get to see another, you know, what's going on in someone else's bubble. So it's always fun to, to be playing with other other guys on the road. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. Um, so before we get out of here, we do a segment at the end of the show called Unpopular Opinions. Um, and we each just kind of go around and say an unpopular opinion uh, and then we discuss it. So <laughs> it can be about whatever you want to be. Typically try and keep politics and religion out of it. However, if you want to get there uh we can certainly go there <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll definitely t- i'll definitely pass on that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah we can, uh, we'll say that for uh, whoever comes on after me <laughs>
0: yeah um chris you want to get started on an unpopular opinion sure
2: um all right this um oliver anthony is not that good mm. this uh this viral singer-songwriter sensation. I don't get it. I just haven't figured it out yet. Uh, he's everywhere. He blew up overnight. And like I had people referencing his stuff before I even had a chance to check it out. I was like, okay, everyone loves this guy. This is, this is cool. And then I went What's and checked up the music.
1: What's that? He's from, uh, he's from Farmville, Virginia. And, okay. uh, we played North street press club in Farmville, Virginia, Probably about like a week before that video came out. Really. And yeah, and like then he went and performed in that same club. I guess like I mean him and the talent buyer there are, are super tight. And like I saw pictures and it's like oh my god, like it doesn't even look like the same club. Like it was like <laughs> packed, like like insanely packed. You know, like we had like a decent yeah, crowd dude. there for us. But- not like, uh, oh, I couldn't believe how many people they stuffed into there for uh, for for him. And just but, like uh, overnight, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. like
2: he 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 didn't put in. I mean, he just I saw his picture on the internet, and then he was a multimillionaire. I mean, it, there was I don't oh, yeah. I don't know his story super well. I, I get, he's I know he's put out some interviews and stuff. I should check it out. But like, it, I, I didn't really see like a grind to get there. It just seemed like I put out one song and went viral and. Now I'm here.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. I actually think he's pretty talented. Okay. Um, I don't... I mean, you know, I don't know if the, like, how much he's blown up is, you know, like, uh, how much of it is, like, justified. Sure. But, I, I mean, I've seen local talent here and yeah. really anywhere that can do what he did and has done what he does as far as like, you know, uh the art that's produced. But um I think he's talented and I don't think he's undeserving of, you know, success. Um I don't know fully what his background is. I think he did an interview on Joe Rogan's podcast that yeah. was Yeah,
2: I'm sure that's got all the deeds on it.
0: Yeah, um but I don't know like how like how long he's been pursuing it or how seriously he was even taking it as a real career endeavor yeah. before. But either way, man, you know, I I'm not going to, you know, f- this is a hard industry. If you want to, you know, if you if you catch a some kind of a wave on it and it works out for you, then more power to you. I don't think he's I think he's talented, I don't think he's undeserving of success.
2: Yeah, maybe not un- I don't think undeserving of success. It's it's the vocal timbre for me. Like that the style I've seen a few people pop up on TikTok that are like singing in a similar style and it just doesn't it doesn't, doesn't do, do it for, it for me. So yeah. like to each their own, like if if you're into that, um I can't remember exactly how I worded not undeserving, I just don't think the hype's there. Um but that's just my taste and my preference. It 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 blew up. So, you know, that's there I there's Maybe maybe the thing that gets me is like it's not, you know, it it could be anybody. Like you said, like there's so many people that go out with one guitar and write tunes. It could it could be anybody. Yeah. And like maybe just like a perfect storm of like the um, the political climate and like everything that his song was talking about. It just like it hit right and it took off. But like I've I know so many singer songwriters that could have been it could have been anyone. You know. So yeah. Totally. I feel you. I just kind of it i the the role in question was like why this dude you know right. not that he's not deserving of it. it's just like what what's so different about him versus like my ten friends that I think write incredible songs that get you know a hundred you know hits on YouTube for something that's just gorgeous or beautiful and I'm just like, eh, you
0: know right,
2: right I'm a little bit of a hater, but yeah, like whatever come fight me good, in the comments
1: it was, uh, it was a pretty good video in terms of like quality of it, yeah, it's probably like. You know, you have, like, a good quality video. And, like, right, like you said, with the political uh, climate, um, you know, I think it definitely sat with a lot of people. Um, and uh, just, like, yeah, I mean, a high-quality video. I mean, you know, it's 2023. Like, uh, you, it's all about content nowadays. So, yeah you know, I, I, I'm not, like, blown away by the fact that he got – as big as he did i mean i i believe it you know yeah. I, don't, I don't listen to his music though <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i mean i, I i'm pretty sure that it wasn't it just like an iphone video or like iphone quality recording that he uploaded to spotify and then as far as the video goes i i i didn't even think it would, i haven't seen the video I, I or whatever video people are referencing but like i didn't even know that it was supposed to be high quality i thought it was just like an I iphone
1: i thought it was maybe i saw a different one or maybe he like re-recorded i saw one where like i was like oh this is like a nice camera angle and like i looked like it was like well done i don't know maybe he recorded it
2: is know. it the one from like him playing in the woods because that's the one i've I s- thought like so. The, yeah so i mean even with the you know even iPhones or a single camera, you they can look pretty good. They can if you look just, pretty good, you know, yeah. If you set it up in the right way and clean it up mm. in post, so you know. Yeah. That being said, if you called me for work, I'd probably take it. So yeah. <laughs> whatever. I mean, definitely. <laughs> You're fine. Um, you call me, then I'll listen to your discography. Yeah. <laughs> Oliver.
0: Uh, Jared, what uh, you got any unpopular opinions? I know we just kind of threw this at you. Um, but uh, if you got anything off the top of your head that you want to throw out there,
1: well. I have two. You guys can hear me, right?
0: Yeah, we yeah. can hear you.
1: Yeah. Okay. No, no, I am gonna just go with the one I, w- I had in mind. It was, it was just like, um, like what we were goofing off about on the road, like this past weekend already. So I may as well just like stick with that. It's and I'll speak yeah. on Jagger's behalf too, because me and Jagger share the same opinion on this. Um, but we know it's very unpopular. We know it's super unpopular, but we both we we both really like like those like artificial kind of like uh, ice cream flavors that like no one else likes, like cotton candy and oh. cake batter. Like no <laughs> one likes those flavors at all. Like I, we get made fun of all the time, but me and Jagger were both talking about how like those are, like that's what we go to, like. If, like, they have, like – we're looking at, like, a menu of ice cream. And, like, we see, like, cotton candy swirl with, like, cookie crunch in it. That's what we go for.
0: No one else would ever say that. I kind of like the the cake batter stuff if there's actual cake in it. Because, like, the texture of it is interesting. Yeah. But, like, if it's just – if it just tastes like cake, then to me it's, like – just an, an overabundance of frosting flavor and just like the sugar <laughs> is just like it's it's overwhelming for, for me but um i think i lost it again oh you lost can you hear me I,
1: I heard you say frosting flavor
0: yeah it's it's it feel it tastes like just if there's no cake in there it tastes like too much frosting and the sugar is just like insane i can't handle all that sugar And I certainly don't like anything cotton candy can go straight to hell in
1: my book. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really enjoy just like cotton candy like itself. It's like gets stuck in your teeth and like it's just the texture is kind of just bizarre. I don't don't really I'm not a big cotton candy guy, but cotton candy ice cream. Me and uh, me and Jagger go nuts over that stuff. You guys are down. I know it's a lot.
2: You guys aren't like big county fair guys like getting a big old spool of (laughs) cotton candy walking around. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't really like. Like, I don't really. I try not to eat too much ice cream in general. But if I if I if I do get ice cream, that's like what I'm targeting. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, I <laughs> can
2: see if you're going in, you know, if you're gonna get ice cream, you might as well go to the extreme. You know, you might go get something that's, you know, on the. Outside I mean, I like other flavors.
1: Like, you know, I like yeah. strawberry, vanilla, mint. Cookies and cream. Um, not a big chocolate guy. I don't love chocolate ice cream. I like chocolate I. candy. Not a big. Uh, also, I mean, part of this too. I know it's super unpopular as well. The I prefer the white chocolate cookies and cream bars, the Hershey's white chocolate cookies and cream bars, over just like a regular Hershey's bar. I'm with fall. you. I can on, get down. On,
2: I can get down on really? that too. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Really. Oh yeah. I always thought oh, yeah. that was. Popular. Yeah. It, I think. I That's think like it is on. I think it must be guitar players. Yeah, I think it is unpopular. <laughs> but I, I personally like um, the white chocolate flavor in general, and I also don't like chocolate ice cream. I think it's too much. Um, and I love cookies and cream. Every all the other flavors though that you mentioned, like strawberry and mint, I hate all of those. I'm <laughs> very okay. basic. No, no mint yeah, chocolate I can chip all day, man. <laughs> Dude, mint is like. It's the worst flavor to me. I, oh, I hate mint. Out. Are you serious? Like, yeah, so, dude. somebody puts a mint chocolate on your fucking pillow in a hotel. Just, I'll, you'll get a lower rating as a hotel for me just because you put a mint chocolate on my pillow. It's disgusting. Don't dude, I put had a mint ho-
1: chocolate on your pillow?
2: Like, in a wrapper? Yeah. Come on, dude. It's not like it's like they're smearing a chocolate on your pillow. Yeah, you, you know sm-
0: you guys never never been to like a hotel and then and like they when you know when you go walk into like a freshly like a fresh room and and there's like you know a little mint chocolate on the pillow. You guys never had that before? No dude,
2: I stay oh. at days in and convoy. You stay in on into hotels. I've never had
1: that happen. I would love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, hotels he, are he, he's just show, saying he's got money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they put um, the pillows like super upright and that's kind of weird but
0: oh dude i could go on for days about the quality of hotel pillows and i just uh, i can't like you know when like when when they have like the pillows that are that are like really bulky and they're not very um they don't like adjust to your head very well so you try and sleep and like your neck is almost at like a right angle. <laughs> I'm just like, dude I'm yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, sleep <laughs> yeah there's a lot of well probably i probably another unpopular opinion with a hotel is i it's I here. like one pillow i don't I don't need more than one pillow I like one pillow. i can yeah.
0: i I can sympathize <laughs> with this, however, um I do need a second pillow. Because not for my head, but I need it to like rest my body or to put in between my legs. I need something.
2: I do the same. Because it, okay. it helps.
0: Uh, but as far as like like to rest my head on, I just need one pillow for sure.
1: Well, yeah. Otherwise, it's like I'm just like my head is just too high up, you know. And it's like I don't feel like I'm really like getting proper rest. I feel like my head's just really high. You know?
0: Totally. <laughs> I just did. I just did. Um, we just did one of these uh, Virgin cruises. Where we were performing on and um not i mean not to talk shit the the accommodations were amazing um but uh i will say that the pillows were wildly uncomfortable um mm-hmm. other than that though great accommodations uh all right uh so my unpopular opinion this week is i uh, will stick on the food one here. Uh, I don't like a lot of tomato sauce on my pizza, and this might be blasphemous, you coming from New York, so I don't know, but uh, I don't like a lot of tomato sauce on my pizza. Keep it to a minimum, guys. I just need a hint of flavor. I don't need it to be the the subject of the meal, you know what I mean?
1: That is probably nowadays an unpopular... I mean, Portnoy has taken over the craze of pizza, so a lot of people look at him as the pizza god, and what he likes is what... Goes, I guess. Hmm. Um, so, and he likes those like saucy pizzas with not a lot of cheese. Whereas, yeah, I could see. What, I mean, I'm a cheese guy. I like cheese, you know. Same. Um, but I mean, the sauce should be good, you know. Like, you don't want them just using like some like jarred marinara sauce that like, like you know, like if you ever get like those like cheap gas station like 7-Eleven. Slices of pizza like the marinara sauce, it's familiar, you know. So, uh, but like, yeah, I mean, a high quality sauce is important. Like, uh, if you guys ever go to New Haven, you go to Sally's Pizza, like, their sauce is amazing. Um, but there's not a lot of cheese on it. I don't even mean, you know if there is cheese on it. You that's know, that's
0: not okay. Not okay. I like, yeah. the, the, I think the quality yeah. of the sauce has to certainly be good, but the there it can't be overwhelming if I bite in to the pizza I don't want the cheese to fall off um and I don't want oh, the no. sauce to be squirting out the sides it's it's too much dude we don't need all that sauce
2: if I have the option so have I'm a, picking a white
0: I like uh like um uh I, I can go either way man I'm pretty indiscriminate when it comes to pizza even if there's a lot of sauce I'll eat it I do like Sicilian I I style pizza oh you lost right, can you hear me
1: yeah, you were about to say what type you liked, and then it cut out.
0: Gotcha. I I do like um, any kind of pizza, really. Uh, even if it has too much sauce, I'll still eat it. But uh, but um, what I prefer is probably like like a New York style, you know, thinner crust, crispy, um, but also like foldable, you know. Um, but I do like a good Sicilian yeah. pizza. I do like a good, like, grandma-style pizza. I do like a good uh, Chicago-style pizza as well. Deep dish can be good, but it's a whole different thing, honestly. Um, yeah, we, I so mean, I don't we've know. done
1: all. Well. We've had all. I mean, we did – that is a thing on the road for us. We always try to get – you know, if something's known for something food-wise, we go after it on the road. Like, we, like I've had all the cheesesteaks in Philly. I've had every one um okay i
0: I got one for you i got one for you you've been in the midwest right you've played in the midwest
1: yeah this past tour yeah
0: have you been to emo's pizza
1: oh but that's st louis
0: yeah st louis style
1: we we did not get st louis style pizza i do know that is a thing um that is the one yeah you named like the one city that we didn't do the the thing and
0: it's okay (laughs) it's okay do the thing and le- next time you're there, and get back to me. I, it is. It's an. It's an abomination to pizza. Is what it is. They use a
1: different <laughs> cheese. The cheese is different.
0: Yeah, they use, they use Provel cheese, which just sounds Pro-vel. like yeah. yeah it, it just it just sounds like it's made in a lab, doesn't it? Provel cheese, like it's sounds
1: like Provolone. It,
0: Yeah, but there's there's no it's a it's like a concoction of like a few different cheeses I think and provolone isn't even one of them, which is hilarious. really Yeah Mm. And when you when you first off it comes like these thin very thin squares Um, The sauce is an abomination. Uh, The cheese Melts in such a way Where it it feels like rubbery. It's like rubbery almost it's disgusting and then we had a, uh, when the last tour that I was on through the Midwest, the band leader took us there because he's like a Connecticut guy and is a big pizza guy and was like, You have to try this pizza. It's an abomination. And I gotta say, he was, uh, he couldn't describe it enough how, of how bad it was. And people in the Midwest, specifically St. Louis, will die in this hill that it is the best pizza. I can't even fathom how you can come to that conclusion it's disgusting i mean i'll
1: always i've had a lot of pizza i mean i'll always probably just like i mean my preference like if i'm eating i can eat one pizza the rest of my life i think just like a good like yeah new york style pizza like it doesn't have to like knock my socks off but like it's a good you know local long island pizzeria just like their pizza um that's probably my preference but like there's some great you know like new haven style is great Um, and when we do Detroit, we go to Buddy's, which is great. And then we did- What um, is Detroit style pizza? I've never had that. It's like, um, it's kind of like almost similar to a grandma style. It's like the bottom of the pizza is super buttery. It's like a buttery crust. And then on Mm. top is like loaded with pepperonis, like those curly pepperonis that uh, curl up. Yeah. Like- that's like the a proper Detroit style, which is – it was really – we had a uh, – last time we did Detroit, it was amazing. And then we did Lou Malnati's in Chicago, and I was the only one that liked it. Really? <laughs> so that there's another opinion. Yeah, I, the other guys did not like the deep dish style. I thought it was great. I love it. We I, had the sausage crust.
0: Mm, that does sound very good, actually. I do like a good deep yeah. dish.
1: Yeah, um, I mean – I would prefer New York style, I guess. Like, if I really had to, like, eat... I mean, deep dish is heavy. You know, you eat one slice and you, like, want to go to sleep. Whereas, like, you know, you can eat, like, two, three slices of New York, you know?
0: Yeah, well, it's a whole different experience. I feel like a Chicago style, or a deep dish is, like, a lasagna more than it is a pizza. And I don't even think people in Chicago eat deep dish that often.
1: Probably not. Uh, That's It's, like, uh, I think a lot of these food cuisines, like... I don't think everyone in Philly is like eating cheesesteaks every day.
0: You know? <laughs> right, right.
1: Yeah, I do like yeah, a good man. bagel though. Being online.
0: Oh yeah, and there is and there is a difference. Yeah. The bagels up there are very different than what you get oh. store bought stuff down here. It's a whole.
1: Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I will not buy bagels any outside of, outside this area. They're just not. They're not good. What's the <laughs> What's the um, what should I do while What should we do while in Florida? Our first Florida trip. What's the What's the food?
0: Ah, uh, man, Jacksonville has got voted some of the best barbecue in the in the country, which is incorrect. But um, uh, <laughs> uh, there's a couple good places. There's a couple good places, though. Also, seafood. If you like, swing out oh, by yeah. the
2: beaches and hit like what, like Singleton's or um, Singleton's is good. What's the
0: North Beach Fish Camp? I think. Right. Yeah.
2: There's there's some really good fresh seafood out here too.
0: Yeah. Nice. Um and nice. if you guys are going if you guys are going to South Florida, you can probably I don't know Boca is not far south enough, but like you can get really good Cuban food um you're like an hour north of Miami in Boca though. So um mm. but I mean Oh, or just get like have you ever had Cuban coffee before?
1: I haven't. What is it?
0: Cuban coffee is just an absurd amount of sugar in <laughs> an espresso. Um, but the way that it's mixed in is like, so like they, the, the, like the process of making it is like, you take a bunch of sugar then you put like little, you put, um, a little bit of, of espresso in it, you stir it up, put a little bit more, you stir it up and then it becomes very foamy. And then you dump the rest of the espresso in it and the foam kind of rises to the top. It's very sweet. Um, very, but also like kind of bitter. And then you take one little shot of it. And f- you're fucking flying, dude. It's the best Fire. thing ever. <laughs> yeah. It
1: sounds <laughs> so, like, it sounds like uh, something Jagger like those sugary espresso type coffees.
0: I used to drink them when I lived in in Miami. I used to drink them every day. I mean, lots of them. Uh, it was a problem. Really? I, I can't. I can't do sugar like that anymore. Um, I just, I crash way too hard from it. But I I do. You know, whenever I'm back home, I do enjoy a good Cuban coffee. just because, like we also like my family's Cuban, so we make it at home. So like I just I drink it when I'm there. You know.
1: Nice. I'll definitely uh, those are the Florida tips, bro. Nice. Uh, Highly recommend. There's
0: some there's some good spots in Jacksonville that have some good Cuban coffee. uh, I'll I'll, we'll uh, we'll hook you up.
1: Send me a list of the uh, must try Jacksonville spots we'll, we'll got uh, you covered, bro. hopefully have some time to be for the show and, and hit one of them for sure
0: we got you covered for sure bro uh thanks for being with us today man it was a lot of fun uh talking and i'm stoked for the show in november
1: oh yeah man november 14th we'll see you there
0: yes sir um good luck on the on the road and uh, we'll see you soon
1: thanks so much and thanks for having me Yeah, man. Peace
0: out.